Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's uh, Gravity Lab Radio features a friend of mine, Cecily Ketchum. Cecily, I've known for a few years now, actually lost track over time, but she is the DZ manager at Texas Skydiving based out of Lexington, Texas, a nice little 182 joint. And uh, we don't really feature 182 DZs enough. 182 DZs have been the backbone of our industry for years. And, and no matter what you do at a large drop zone, no matter how you try to create a family atmosphere, you cannot emulate the vibe, the atmosphere, and the family, the community that comes from a small place like Lexington. David Moore is the owner there. Cecily is his manager. And they work hand in hand. And they do a wonderful job. I've known both of them for quite a while. And absolutely love everybody I meet from Lexington. So really want to take a chance to a feature a friend, uh, get to know Cecily a little bit better. She's a super cool chick, but also get this great chance for everybody to uh, learn a little bit more about that 182 vibe, that 182 operation. If you're jumping on a large uh, DZ and you've not been to a small 182 drop zone, find a friend who frequents one, go out, get to know people. If you don't know one, the most inviting and inviting, inviting, welcoming DZs I've ever been to are 182 joints. Uh, you normally get a warm welcome on any DZ, but man, 182. It's about the vibe. It's about the family. It's about the bonfires. It's about a great time and making some cool skydives. We'll talk a little bit more about that tonight, but tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by Jelly Flea Creative, jellyflea.com. Jelly Flea, F-L-E-A, like the little bug, jellyflea.com. Go check them out. I see the post all the time. I hear friends talk about it all the time. Hey, where can I get a website? Where can I get a web design? Who does web design? Who does web design? It's a it's a very frequent request we see, and I cannot recommend Jellyflea enough. I've used a few different uh, people, a few different brands for my web design and for what we've done. And the newest website by the or for the ratingscenter.com is done by Jellyflea. Kyle Henderson is a buddy of mine, former full-time skydiver, actually was an instructor at Skydive Space Nine Houston for quite a while. And he uh, left full-time skydiving to venture out into the marketing slash web design uh, uh, element or uh, environment. And he's done a great job. They Jellyflea has done websites in about any industry you want. In the oil and gas industry here in Houston, they do a lot of that. They've been based out of Houston for a while, but they do things worldwide, so it doesn't matter where you're at. They can take care of you. They've done things for medical, for lawyers, for aviation, for music, for industry, for art, for skydiving. Kyle and his team does a bit of everything. You can get a web design, web, website designed anywhere, but you want to go to Jellyflea because the customer service, the thoughtfulness, and the way he pays attention to that customer is phenomenal. When the ratingcenter.com was redesigned, he sent me a link and a video and, and a six-minute video of like, hey, DJ, let me show you your new, your new website. He surfed the site. He taught me what was new about it. He showed me different things. He showed me different thoughts like, hey, look here on this part of the website. It's not done yet. I was thinking about doing this or I wanted to know your input on that. He made the design process a lot of fun. Um, Adam Buckner, y'all heard on the show recently from Option Studios, will tell you, I am horrible to design with. I'm an engineer-minded person. Um, I don't explain my designs well on words, but Kyle has probably done the best job. I love Adam. He does a great job. But especially with web design, uh, Kyle did a phenomenal job trying to understand what I wanted, how I wanted it, and what I wanted it to look like. And he couldn't have done a better job. He really knocked the website out of the park. As he brought me the website, I saw a lot of things I loved. I saw some functionality I wanted to figure out, and he didn't always know. It's, it's a broad spectrum, and so he doesn't always know the answers, but he's always willing to say, I don't know, but I'll look into it, and he always gets back to me within hours. Uh, recently, he took 12 hours to answer an email for me, and it's the longest he's ever 
taken to respond. You want good customer service. You want intuitive design. You want beautiful design. You want people who will work with you and for you and take good care of you. Jellyflea.com. Not only do they do great web design, I started with hosting with Jellyflea. My website was non-responsive. You go to my page. It takes forever to load. I hate that. I want to go to a website and it load right away. I went to Jellyflea at first for web hosting. So even if you already have a website, check them out. They have killer prices on web hosting and their uh, hosting is, is phenomenal. Top level security, top level speed. Jellyflea.com. Check them out. You will love them. You need a website. They are your guys and gals to go to. But for now, Miss Cecily Ketchum is on the way. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? I'm going to tell you something. Lady and gentlemen, welcome to the show. What's it all about? Oh, hang on. Let me uh, figure out how to push the buttons here again. Here we go. Oh, Here guys we go. and gals, uh, as Elsa likes to say, what's up, party people? Tonight joining us is Cecily Ketchum. I said that all correct and right, yeah? Yep. I'm getting good with names, man. Yes. Cecily, you're the manager at Texas Skydiving Center. What's the name now? Uh, Texas Skydiving. Okay, cool. Yep. There, were, there were some name changes all, yeah. all appropriately done. Everybody... Uh, was there's a lot of drop zones in Texas, and it's hard to have a anything name. It is, yeah. And uh, you guys changed your name recently. I like it because it's easier. Texas skydiving. Yep. It's short. It's simple. What is a center? Um, you know, uh-huh. I, we know what it is, <laughs> but the average uh, Wuffo, they have no clue. And like Lodi, um, their Lodi Parachute Center, I think, is its technical name. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, but it, we call it Lodi. It, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. Um, you're the manager there. It's a small 182 joint. Yep. And one thing that I uh, we don't share enough in this in, on this show is the experiences from the 182 drop zones. So uh, I honestly have to throw out some love and shout outs to uh, my boy Waz, mighty mighty Waz. Shout out yeah. Waz, shout out. He, hey Waz. <laughs> he yells out a million times. Uh, Waz, I saw you on his show, and I'm like, how did I never see that? How did I never think of having Cecily on the show? I've done your coach course, mm-hmm. your AFF course. And Aaron did your tandem course. So we've known each other a while now. Yeah, long time. When did you start jumping? I did my first skydive in uh, December of 2014. So 12, 13, 14. It's a super easy date to remember. Uh, yeah, and I just kept jumping after that. Man, that I wish mine was that easy to remember. I'm yeah. jealous now. Awesome. <laughs> I, mean, I got lucky. <laughs> took me a second to catch up. 12, 13. She's counting big numbers. Yeah. <laughs> 15. Show off. Yeah. You can, you, you probably know your D license number too. Oh yeah. They made it easy on me. It's all twos. There's one number that's not. It's oh. two, 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 nine, two. Nice. Yeah. That's super easy. I, yeah. can, I can remember it. What's your D license number, Nick? Uh, two, nine, five, six, five. Remember, are you asking for my member number? No, no. Your, uh, your D number. Yeah. Two, nine, five, six, five. I have to like actually think about it. Because I, some of our some jumpers don't realize if you're a license number three zero one six three, you're the thirty thousandth one hundred and sixty third person to be issued that license. It's awesome. Like membership, like what's your membership number? Do you know yours? 
Uh, yep. Nerd. Um, I don't yeah. mind. Are numbers? those sequential as well? That's like your social, man. It's yeah. important. But you could tell me your membership yeah. number. What's your social yeah. security? Uh, yeah. Numbers. No, but you're, you well, you just asked it, Nick. Your your membership number is what? What's yours? Two zero seven 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 eight. Two zero seven two hundred seven thousand some odd members before you. That's what it means. Um, and to me, that's kind of cool to know. It's kind of cool to realize in the license licensing process that you're number ninety thousand. Yeah. Or whatever you happen I, to be. I, I'm gonna do some. Di- I, you're, you're positive that that's right. The yes. member number is also sequential. Yes. I thought that I had made a comparison with someone who was in the sport either longer than me or not as long as me. And your number and doesn't make sense to me, by the way. Two zero seven. Yeah. That's that's. See, um, I don't think it doesn't work that way. Are you but sure? Were you? What's your member number? One three one three six five nine four something like that. If I was sitting, if I was sitting, some research. If I was sitting in front of my uh, computer typing my membership number, I can type it every day. Cecily, what's your membership number? Two nine eleven nine six. That's one three nine five six. When did you start skydiving? Two thousand fourteen. All right. Did you not be a member for a while and become a member later than when you started skydiving? I've seen people have a no, late I, number because of I, that. Uh, I didn't file for a license until I had all the credentials for a B license. Okay. But uh, other, I still had a membership. Yeah. I, um, I'm curious, too, because I'm positive I'm correct. I have been wrong a bunch of times in my life. This is just like I'm not going to put any money on. But I'm positive membership numbers are sequential. And uh, one of the reasons I say that is knowing and watching friends grow up through the sport and watching people's membership numbers. And I regularly ask what they are to see where we're at in, in number. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, we're that high in member number now? <laughs> oh, my gosh, we're that high in D license numbers? What's your D? Uh, three seven two five nine. <laughs> we're I, I was gonna say we're in thirty we're three seven thirty seven thousand. Yep. And when you got your D, how long ago? All the time. Just yeah. <laughs> hey Um, I I don't remember. Maybe two thousand seventeen. <laughs> that was a great. That was a that was a good setup and perfect execution. Uh, two thousand. So Beautiful. it's it's been like three years. So we're into yeah. the 40,000 mark. We have to be. Yeah. If yeah. only a magazine called Parachute has published those numbers every month. I, uh, you, are you looking it up? There you go. You know, I, you can find the whole thing online, right? The whole Parachute. I'm, I'm po- I don't know about the whole thing, but I'm positive that part's published online. And I can honestly say I don't remember the last time I've actually looked at Parachute. So Licenses, I don't know. awards, and accomplishments, isn't that it? Yep. That sounds about right. Um, so you started jumping in 2004. 12, 13, 14, 2014. It worked. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you taught me some today. Nice. Um, where did you make your first jump? Uh, Texas skydiving. So you started there. Yep. I'm going to fast forward for a second. How many jumps did you have when you jumped somewhere else? Ooh, I don't, I don't remember. Um, it was probably when I went to get my coach rating. So maybe 200 jumps, something like that. Okay, I'm yeah. going to come back to that conversation because I want to ask about that first Big DZ experience. Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to have a 182 uh, manager or somebody from 182 drops in on, on the podcast is I earnestly believe a large number of people who listen to this are on 182 DZ. So right now they're hearing these stories and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. Um, it's cool to be at a Big DZ, but you guys really are where the family and the vibe are. Um, I want to know about that change of what you saw from one to the other back to we'll get there your first jump was a tandem tandem who'd you jump with 
instructor uh, James. James, okay. Yeah. The the guy I've oh. never met, but I've heard a lot yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's James's last name? Taylor. Taylor. Uh, James Taylor, if you ever listen to this, man, I have heard a lot of great things about you. I've dealt with a lot of people from Lexington, and everything I've dealt with from him was positive. Any of his students he trained were always a pleasure to deal with. So um, I nothing but well-represented here, at least. Yeah, Cecily is one of them. <laughs> so that tandem, was that an intent to skydive or just like, hey, let me go do a tandem? Uh, Well, it was, it was kind of spontaneous. Um, so there's a little backstory to that. Um, I grew up in Lexington, and my best friend did yard work at the drop zone. And she said, this place is huge. Like, I need help. So I went out there to help her. And I didn't like that very much. Learned how to pack. And did that for a year and a half. And one day, James was like, when are you going to jump? And I was like, you guys are freaking nuts. But <laughs> let me just get it over with so people stop asking me. And it was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> I I used to be terrified of heights. Uh so it was I feel like this is a thing that's said a lot by people who, you know, as far as when you ask someone, you know, why they haven't made that first jump or whatever. Oh, I'm afraid of heights. Do, do you feel like the fear of heights that you had is the thing that you actually had to confront when it came to skydiving? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe maybe not like being afraid of heights, but being afraid of falling. Right. So. I would, you know, pack all these parachutes and watch people jump from the plane. And it's like, oh, my God, is it going to open? Are they going to be okay? <laughs> Are they going to, like, splat on the ground? What's going to happen? And they were all fine. And um, I think that made me more comfortable with the idea of being, um, you know, on a skydive or maybe even um, a roller coaster. But I don't, I don't think I liked those until after I did my first jump. <laughs> You say you changed your, or, or you did it to, like, get people off your back. They were bugging you. They, they uh, It wasn't a lot, no. I. So something else changed. What, what really convinced you to do it? Uh, you know, I don't really know the answer to that, I guess. Um, Just got curious? Yeah, I think, I think that's probably what it was. Just watching everyone land with a smile on their face, like, oh, I've got to do that again. <laughs> like, all right, these guys are... <laughs> insane <laughs> uh but yeah I, th I think that's what it was just seeing that it's okay you know i didn't really see anyone get hurt or anything like that so it was just totally fine it's like you know what it's safe i'll do it you had how many pack jobs do you have any clue before you made a skydive no idea i packed for like a well, I started working out there a year and a half before I did my first tandem, but I only worked during the summer. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. You've got several, several hundred, if not thousand plus pack jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w when you did that first tandem, you land, you immediately knew you were hooked? Uh, I, yeah, I, w <laughs> I didn't think I wanted to make a career out of it. I was just like, yeah, I think I could get my license. Like, that'd be super cool. And I kept doing it. And I was like, man, it's super fun. I want to <laughs> learn more and more and more. And maybe now I want to start teaching it to other people. So, yeah, it wasn't until later that I wanted to uh, continue in the sport. Because I was um, taking classes at a community college 
at the time of my first jump. So I was going to school. And what was your life goal at that point? Like, did you have a direction? No, I was taking like basic classes just to get them out of the way. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought maybe architecture at first because growing up, well, growing up in high school, uh, my mom was building her house and all of, you know, my siblings and myself, we uh, helped out. So I, I really enjoyed that. I didn't help out as much as my other siblings, but I think I make up for it now. <laughs> <laughs> Slacker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really fun, like building stuff with my hands. Like her, we can look at her house and say, wow, we all did that. Uh, not everything like we needed a plumber to do all that and electrician and all that stuff cause but overall what you see every day is what yeah. y'all did mm-hmm. and that's not what matters most but it's what you enjoy the most yep and it's crazy I um going back to that packing question you made your first tandem who packed that rig I did <laughs> I um, was so nervous yeah <laughs> it's like I hope I packed these okay. <laughs> Did you maybe you touched on this? How many how many pack traps do you think you had before you uh, made that first jump? Oh, I don't know. At least a thousand. That would be just a random guess. Had, had you packed any cutaways in those thousand pack traps? Um, yes and no. So it was <laughs> it was James's personal rig. The first time I'd packed nuts. a rig that small, a stiletto one hundred and seven. But he's also known as the Cutaway King from back, you know, in his day or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and he has like 30 cutaways with 9,000 jumps. It's like, how do you how do you have that many cutaways? I think he was just like, this looks funny. Cut it away. Because we, we found it after and he said the brakes looked funny. And we looked at the brakes after he landed, and they were They were fine. staring at you weird, like, I'm looking funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, 30 cutaways in 9,000 jumps is eclipsed my three in 8,500 jumps. Um, is he pull lower than you do? Like, is he like Mm-mm. to pull? No. Okay. Because no. I... I, I I don't encourage people pulling at their minimum deployment altitude all the time. It's there as a minimum. Like, pull higher. You're smarter. More flying your parachute. More yeah. canopy time. I have three cutaways because I don't pull at my minimum altitude. Um, where I have friends who who are environments where they have to pull at 2,500 feet uh, all the time. 2,500 feet all the time. And, and of course, you're going to cut away. You don't have time to assess much. Like, that's yep. not great. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. We don't get. We can't give him that excuse. No. <laughs> I, I think it may have. Most of those may be uh, attributed to bad packers, like just. But not you. Stupid st- not me. Not, not you. me. I have packed a walkthrough before. He landed that uh, on a tandem. He's like, "Yeah, hey, uh, don't do that." <laughs> so okay, I promise. So every time I pack, I check my risers. I look behind me. He's like, "Okay, there's not a walkthrough. Perfect." You've you made this tandem. You're nervous about the opening. Did you watch the opening? No. No? I stared at the ground the whole jump. <laughs> Did anything Isn't change? Isn't that so weird? Isn't that so weird? Why do why do we do that? Why do people first timers they just want to stare at the ground? I don't know. I guess it's, maybe that's we're looking in the direction of travel, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It I don't know. I think we're uh 
So the word ground envy comes up in canopy coaching a lot. When people look towards the ground and reach for the ground, it's like ground envy. You want that ground. You've got to get back to it. Yeah. Uh, people have that desire to look for the ground. And, and I think it's because that's where we belong is on the earth. Um, or at least that's what our feet tell us. Um, <laughs> so I think that's the desire. I think that's why we don't look down because we are at that point where we feel like this is where we belong. Yeah. I think there's some some, some sec, subconscious thought of that. Um how much did you understand parachute openings before you made your jump? Have you looked at video of them? Did they show them to you? Uh, yeah, I've watched them. Okay. I've, I watched them. Yeah. I've met very few people who have packed their first jump and packed, I'm guessing through your whole student program for yourself. I don't remember. Probably. Mo- them most all. of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I'm always curious to see how your development or your understanding of the openings go. And then after you started jumping, how much better your understanding of packing goes. Hmm. I don't know. I I feel like I've packed the same way mm-hmm. like the entire time that I've packed. That's obviously not true. Like I've picked up little things here and there, but um yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Yeah, and and I'm thinking more of the uh, not how you pack, but how you understand it. When you look oh. at it, it's like, "Oh, now I understand what I'm doing. Now I get it." Um or like you felt pretty good about it before your jump. Well, I was really nervous, but I saw myself pack it, and I know, yeah. like, I know how everything. I knew how everything worked, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, there was no reason to be nervous about it because I I understood everything, and it looked fine. Yeah. So you've made this first jump, two thousand fourteen. You quickly got into the student program. Uh, I did my first solo jump. Uh. January 19th, 2015. Yeah. Two, now we're into the 15, 12, 13, 14, yeah. 15. It's working. It's working. <laughs> um, and how long did it take you to go through the student program at that point? Uh, well, I, I was a full-time packer and full-time student. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it took me a little while uh, just because I didn't have a lot of free time. And, mm-hmm. you know, packing all day, they you know, didn't have any space for me on schedule or whatever. And I also like doing self-supervised jumps because, you know, they're easy. I don't have to wait for training or anything. I can just grab a rig when there's a slot on the load and go up. But I think I got my license in April. Okay. And was it AFF, static line? AFF. AFF. And is that what you guys do? Do you guys do any static line there at all? Not anymore, no. We couldn't remember how to pack them, and we're like, yeah, maybe we should just stop doing these. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it because it's the truth, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I would have to have someone show me how to pack it every time. And, you know, I'd double-check to make sure that the canopy is not connected to the deployment bag and... uh, yeah, I, I couldn't remember how to route the static line, I think, was was my issue. Yeah, so time not to anymore. Um, how long, when did you come and do your coach course? About what year, time? 16? Yeah, 2016, that's a good... <laughs> Is good it really number. a good guess? So uh, about a I year after? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to come back at some point and talk about life on the, sp- on the small Cessna DZ because life there is, uh, we start with Llama. How's Llama doing? Yeah, we did, we did uh, <laughs> Llama tell you something, I think, as well. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I just want to interject. I did find the most recent D license number 
39,580. Dude, Mr. D40,000 is up and coming, and that is super cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure George Bush is maybe D30,000. I know uh, they gave George Bush a special number that wasn't due yet, and they gave it to him like way in advance, and it's an honorary D license number. Mm. So um, do you have access to the database? Uh, not in the way that you're asking, no. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, but I bet I can, I can find an article about it. Yeah, and it, it'll tell you his D license number. Um, um, when you came to Spaceland, you've been on a small drop zone for a while. Mm-hmm. What was it like coming up to a big DZ for the first time? Very intimidating. It nope. still is, <laughs> honestly. Um, no, there's just a lot going on. Um, and it's spectacular to see you know you've got these big beautiful planes and tiny colorful parachutes and people going fast and you know doing all sorts of cool shit you haven't seen before so uh definitely a learning experience a lot of super friendly people who's like hey welcome to spaceland let me show you around um yeah it was intimidating but very cool at the same time. I would say it's similar to maybe going to an amusement park. Like, it's just huge, and there's stuff everywhere, and you're like, whoa, this is cool. Nick, you got something over there? Uh, George Bush was D20,000, exactly. Okay, 20. Oh. Um, it's uh, backtrack in my brain. Um, a lot of people come to a large Cessna or a large Cessna, a large turbine drop zone when they've been only on Cessna drop zones. Um, a lot of people get overwhelmed by it. There's no doubt about it. It, it happened. Um, I started on large turbine DZ, so I never had that experience. I did work on a, a Cessna DZ, mm-hmm. um, but that's going back and forth. There's no problem once you've jumped at these places. What advice would you give somebody at a like you, you send people to us all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. We get your jumpers nonstop, and yeah. we really appreciate it. And the thing I tell them all the time is go back home. Um, <laughs> oh, your, your DZ has grown so much, and you know that in your time. Like, how yeah. much has the skill base there changed? Uh, the what? Skill base. Oh. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I, I think back when I first started, people were just doing, like, zoo dives all the time. Yeah. Just like, yeah, let's go sit fly. Like, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go fly head down. Yeah, let's go. No, it's heads down. Uh. Heads down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stand by that for the rest of my life. The, uh, it used to be when Lexington jumpers would show up, and this is before your time, and like, oh, here, here's somebody from Lexington. Like, hey, we're going to give you a brief, and we're going to help you, and we know we're probably going to have to give you a lot of guidance because you probably don't understand any of this right now, and that's okay, not for a lack of trying. Um eventually the culture out there started growing. And I, I think part of it is, is they were busier and they couldn't support the newer jumpers as easily. Sure. Um, but the newer jumpers started coming to places like this and other great DZs and set. And like what they saw and started taking it back home a little bit more at a time, a little bit more at a time. And uh, initially, oh my gosh, this guy's from Lexington. He, he has no clue what's going on. And it's not anybody was rude. Nobody was breaking rules. Like they were breaking rules. But it's because they had no clue. They didn't know. And then you try to explain this something to them. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. Where today I meet somebody from Lexington. I'm like, man, I, I got no questions about you. <laughs> you might be an idiot because everybody's capable of having idiots. You guys have David. Um, oh, I love you, Mr. Moore. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Moore, <laughs> I want to talk about him in a bit. He is... Uh, I think he is one of the biggest reasons that place is what it is today. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, uh, 
what do you tell your jumpers when they when you send them this way? What do you tell them for advice to get accustomed and get used to? Uh, well, I I tell them exactly how I felt the first time I went to a, a big drop zone, a spaceland Houston to be specific. Um, just like yeah, it's really intimidating. Um, it's gonna feel sort of overwhelming, but you're gonna have a blast. You're gonna meet so many people there. Um, you know, if they're able to um, do the mentor program out there, I tell them about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. I don't know. You send them to Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> I probably tell them about Steph. You and you know like, she. Steph eats, is great. You'll love Steph. And you know she's every bit her. of it up. Please, please continue sending to Stephanie. Stephanie is. Absolutely a, a wonderful person. And yeah. uh, she, we were just talking about her before the show started. She is, uh, she cares a lot. Yes. She cares tons. It's good to care. It's, I wish more people did. Yeah. You're, so you showed up for your coach course. How was mm-hmm. that experience? I've never really talked to you about your coach course. Did I teach it or was I there? Uh, Hank taught it. Okay. Yeah. You were there. Um, I, I, I still think I'm sort of shy, but, uh, I agree. I, I was very, yeah. <laughs> I was very nervous and very quiet at the coach course, and uh, I didn't know how to teach people at all, and I was very scared about that. And they're like, "All right, you're gonna teach uh, your buddy how to exit the airplane." I'm like, "I don't know how to exit this plane. What do I do?" And so he, he walked us through it a couple of times, like, okay, I think I got it now. And um, that was really nerve-wracking. Uh, teaching someone who already knows how to do it. Um, but once you got comfortable with that, I guess it, it wasn't a, a big deal anymore. But, yeah, I was super yeah. nervous. I, I so you say you're a shy gal. I one of the things I've been noticing the last every time we've spent time together is you let go a little bit more each time, and you're a lot more relaxed each time. Yeah, that uh, helps that I that, that week long AFF course together really breaks down personal relationships. Yeah, you find out where <laughs> your friends are during that course. Yeah. <laughs> apparently Chris Vidala is your Beyonce. <laughs> I uh, no swear September Nick. I am done though. I'm trying to continue. <clears throat> That's good. I was gonna drop an F bomb, but I, I've been I've noticed that I'm doing the same thing. That uh, I'm aware that I have the unpunished freedom to share any words I would like, but I'm still trying to behave. Um, we threw we threw five bucks each per swear word in a jar for a oh, young lady. Oh, five bucks per yeah, yeah you know, Maddie. Little tunnel. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I watched that episode. Yeah, man. So um, cool. I'm not trying to quit cussing that altogether. Was, that was a mistake. Yeah, I'm not trying to quit cussing <laughs> altogether. Y'all are broke now. <laughs> I am trying to just reduce the amount of cussing I do tremendously. Yeah. Uh, spill the beans now. Tell her now. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I bet, bet you Maddie's listening. She to listens to the show. Yeah. 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 So, um, Maddie, I stopped counting how much money I spent in the swear jar. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and Nick and I have talked. We have an hour of tunnel time. Um, that is awesome. Uh, Maddie has asked me time and time again through this entire challenge that you have to fly with me on the time. I'm like, nope, we never made that deal. Nope, we never made that deal. Her mom harassed me about it. Um, and I kept saying nope because our plan was to do a little uh, huck jam with Maddie. So Nick, myself, we have invited a few other friends to come hang out with Maddie at the tunnel for an hour. The rules are very simple. 
if Maddie wants to fly, we fly however Maddie asks us to fly. We fly in whatever orientation or way she wants. And if she wants us to pick, I'm down with that. I've been asking her about her false, her uh, speeds, where she's at, so I can have an idea of what I need to do to stay with her in each orientation. Um, and if she's out of the tunnel, you guys can do whatever you want while she's out, but she's back in as soon as she wants, and that tunnel is hers to do with as she pleases. That's um, great. So that Maddie, sounds like a blast. Go for schnooker yourselves. <laughs> um, no, uh, super, super nice young lady, and uh, Nick, uh, uh, Nick was in on this plan pretty early on. So, uh, yeah, we really didn't keep the jar. We really didn't keep track. I mean, I put there. <laughs> I think I counted 130 or $140 in that jar right now. So um, that, that puts a dent in an hour of tunnel time. I'm positive yeah. I'm probably somewhere around uh, $200 myself is what I owe Maddie just in my general mouth. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, no, I... Um, I honestly say I lost my lunch one day. Um, somebody was just pushing and violating and being in a place where I they couldn't back off and... I then told them how I felt in words and my emotional words. Like I, I broke. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, yeah, don't come knocking on my door and selling things and make me tell you no 12 times and make it hard for me to shut the door in your face because then I'll just get really rude. Not the smartest moment, but I probably owe her 50 bucks there. No, you, you told me the story. I don't remember what they were selling. Uh, I, uh, windows windows you need new windows no we're good you're gonna eventually like no i really don't want windows oh, i'm like dude i know how to get a whole windows and he just kept pushing and pushing and i don't mind you selling door-to-door stuff but take no it's just no means no what a pain in the glass dude it was ah. man he shattered ah. my expectations ah. <laughs> <laughs> but i could see right through him mm. oh man silly silly I, there was Win- an opening there. All right. Oh, I got it now. <laughs> oh, man. You framed me on that one. <laughs> so, oh, good okay. stuff. <laughs> Horrible. Oh, did you already use pain? Uh, pain? No, I did not. Oh, well, I what did. pain? Uh, you just, oh, you just seal that's not pain. Oh, my goodness. You got me blinded. <laughs> no. That was a little reach. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I, might, I might shudder at that one. <laughs> I'm I know. sorry. I'm sorry, world. I'm sorry that I find this so entertaining. <laughs> I don't know uh, why, man. I, I it's, uh, I just I don't get it. I enjoy it too. So, I really struggled because tint comes to mind, but I can't do anything with it. it tint, yeah, tint. Hmm. Yeah. So, maybe if you pitch a tent and sleep <laughs> on it, I don't know. That's terrible. What were we talking about before puns happened? Oh, the swearing thing. Yeah, no swear September. Glad uh, it's over because I'm glad that I don't feel the uh, pressure to not swear. But and I'm grateful that it's left a good impression. We talked about this. I don't think that the we, the show was running when we talked about it. But the last couple of Septembers, we did pretty difficult stuff, especially for me last September. You crushed it. Uh, it was a rough, very rough workout every single day, and uh, I was more able to make myself do that than I was to make myself not swear. I thought it was the easiest challenge going in, and it was the most difficult challenge, period. It really was. I yeah. also, you've been in courses with me. I'm not Mr. Manners. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that laugh. Uh, I swear, like a sailor. There's no doubt about it. But I just, why why have you chose to reduce the amount of swearing? Do you swear a lot? Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Why why do you want to reduce the amount? Of, what's the catalyst now? Well, my The original motivation was my good buddy, Chase, uh, my best friend back home in Utah, he had a kid recently, and he decided to stop swearing. And I went, yeah, I can do that, whatever. That's not that. That's not tough. And then I noticed when we would talk, I would still curse, and he wouldn't. 
and it just reminded me of like, oh yeah, maybe maybe this is harder than I think. And then when Maddie was here and we were talking in front of her mom about, hey, is it weird to have all these ill-mannered skydives talking a bunch of mess around your young daughter? And she is surprisingly okay with it. And then, then we got to the conversation of, of not swearing. But it's uh, it's just an interesting thing. Like, why not? And uh, I guess a little bit of a competitive nature thing if I want to try and keep up with my buddy and him not swearing. But I don't have a, a tiny child around in my life. He's Sam. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> almost. But he's able to stay home a lot. He's uh, With his work situation, he's pretty flexible with his schedule. So he gets to spend a lot of time at home with this newborn little baby, which probably is not the person who motivates you to swear the most. Except for, did I tell you this story? About when he totally lost it. Ah, oh, this is a good story. So Chase is my best friend in the wide world, and he is someone who pushes himself uh, to a level that I aspire to. Of he's always doing something. He's always got something going on. He's always, uh, you know, it, like uh, fitness-wise, he's always uh, training for something. Super driven person who I've never seen him quit. Do you see the love in his eyes right now, dude? I yeah. love him. Yeah. yeah, like, dude, you you like you have a <laughs> spark. He's, in he's you right my now. guy, dude. If 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 there was a reason to be heterosexual and married to a man we'd be together forever anyway uh i've never seen chase quit and he told i'm so glad it's not september anymore because he he called me and told me the story of like man i found my limit i was like what do you mean he's like well ray is his daughter's name he said ray wouldn't stop crying wouldn't stop crying it's three in the morning and she wouldn't stop crying i haven't slept and he picks up his tiny little five-month-old baby and looks her in the eyeballs and says, fuck you to this little baby. <laughs> and then went and woke mom up and said, hey, I've lost it. You're going to have to take care of this kid because I'm at my wit's end. I would do that to a baby at some point. I, I earnestly believe if we had kids, there would be some point where I would just tell it something completely rude, but young enough that I'm pretty sure it's not going to leave any lasting effects. Yeah. You know, once they get to a point where they can start repeating any version of words, probably too late. Yeah, she's not going to remember. She's not going to be yeah. like, yo, dad, remember that time <laughs> when I was tiny and crying and you said that to my face? But uh, So now it's just a drive of partially competitiveness. It's just fun. I don't yeah. know. It's just a, a fun, uh, almost a no reason challenge. I, I th- we're the same way. We like challenges. I like that idea of pushing myself further, and it's just something to accomplish. It's a, it's something to, like, if I'm going to choose to make a change in a habit or a hobby or, or a habit, um, that's a pretty good one to change. Like, I'm still going to be picking my boogers, yo. I'm not stopping picking my nose. Man, those boogies, they're, they're, they're so yummy. Have you tried one? <laughs> oh, too far. Oh man, Cecily, no. favorite swear word? I don't think I have one. All right, that's fine. That's People who know me might think that I have a favorite one. Maybe what would they say it is? I don't know. Okay, I just imagine that I say one more than the other. Drop a lot of f bombs. Yeah, I, I kind of think Beyonce is one of your favorite swear words. I know you like calling Chris that. <laughs> Who's your Beyonce? No, no, <laughs> it's uh, probably shit. That's <laughs> a good one. She yeah. just can't. Yeah, it's probably like, <laughs> like she's known at this whole time. She's just holding back on. Do you, us. Do you use variations of the word shit? Like, ah, it's dog shit. Ah, it's bullshit. Yeah. What is this shit? Yeah. Llama. Poop. <laughs> Poop. Um, two hundred jumps. You do your coach course. Coach <laughs> course questions. Uh, man, I I can do this. I I can stay on track at some point or the other. Um. So I don't often get to have casual conversations with people who took ratings with me until. I've known him a while. You and I, we, we've had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. I've actually gone out to dinner with you, and what do you define David as? 
my boyfriend. Okay, cool. Didn't know if you guys had a defining thing, thing going on. Yeah, we're together. Uh, we're together? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, you and David, uh, you guys have been together for quite a while. Um, hi, David. <laughs> hi, David. Um, uh, but still, we don't know each other extremely well. And I've not got to ask things like, I want to know what was what did you take away most from the coach course? Uh, I think it would probably be like being comfortable around new people. So, you know, obviously with coaching, you meet new students almost every time, every day. Uh, and yeah, I think going through that, you know, just the simple things like, Hey, my name is Cecily. You know, how you doing? What do you do for fun? What do you do for work? Whatever. What are your goals in the sport? <laughs> uh, it's great. You learn so much about the student. You're like, oh, man, you like swimming? So do I. That's great. Like, you like swimming? Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah? Doesn't everybody? <laughs> Hank loves to swim. Nice. And he swims. He like, dude, like, shamu. Let's go. Let's roll. <laughs> um, he is the most fit, chubby man you'll ever meet. So he plays disc golf a lot. Yes, he does. Super he, fun. As much I'm as terrible he can. at it. One it's of the fun. things you mentioned, and it's something I encourage people to do all the time. This, and to a point, shoots myself in the foot. But I encourage people regularly take a take a course away from home. And yeah. one of the things I encourage it for, and and I've really, I've always thought it was a good idea. But hearing you say getting used to new people, and that's what you have to do in skydiving. Mm -hmm. that, that's an interesting uh, a spin on it. Um, how was your like? How many jumps did you have? Two hundred ish. Something like that. I and don't how really was remember. how was the skill set for you? How was the jump? Challenging, easy, not say the mental part, but the physical flying set skill set. That that wasn't hard. Okay, I don't think it was more so like remembering what the student did, so you could debrief after. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, you were spinning or whatever. That's the wrong course. What? Wrong course. No, no. <laughs> No, Doug was my student, and he was spinning on the jump. I'm like, I like think that wax. wasn't on purpose. I think that's Doug. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Doug? Ligner ran Dallas for a little bit for me. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes, I know that Doug. Yeah, yeah, that Doug. Um, um, no, I think that's just natural. Without a drogue, he doesn't know how to sit still. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the drogue's not for stability, Doug. Wait a minute. I've been doing that wrong for years then. <laughs> I tell the guy in the plane here, Nick, Nick, hold my drogue. I'll see you in about 10 minutes. Stop <laughs> <laughs> out. Um, man, I've seen some people I think they're doing that. Um, the flying part, and that, I, I asked that question intentionally because I thought I remembered you doing really well at it. And historically, I'll actually tell you people from Lexington do well on the flying part. And one of the it's good to hear. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the things that people say about 182 drop zones is, well, you're not going that high. You don't make that many jumps because you're, and so it's limited learning. And to the truth, it is a limited number of jumps. So the thing I've always noticed is quality. Here, hey, let's get on the next load. Let's get on the next load. Let's get. On the, there's not a lot of good skill uh, focus on the ground. There's not mm -hmm. good dirt dives. They're not as good as many good debriefs. Um, how serious are y'all's dirt dives, debriefs? How much time do y'all take to to prep for jumps out there? I take way too much time. That's <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a. There's only so much you could brief them on before you just gotta go do it. 
Um, but yeah, we spend a good amount. Like it's it's good training. Well, I don't I mean just heart- the students, but I mean like the fun jumpers. How much time do they get to spend oh. between loads? Um, well, like group jumps. Uh, I don't know. It varies, but they'll you know go. They're pretty to focused. The yeah, yeah. And then that's why I really wanted to focus on is they they are focused. You guys have. Uh, once I actually think it might be David who had told me, man, we don't have a lot of quality quantity of jumps, so we focus on quality every jump and we make the most of every jump yeah. because you'll have limited free fall time. So you know, one of those upsides of yeah, big DZ, you're going to get more jumps, but man, slow down and take the time and learn what you're really doing. Yeah, another good thing. Uh, well, a good thing about having less altitude is that it pushes you to uh, work harder on the jump because you know you don't have a lot of time so um whether that's like working on maybe exit separation so (laughs) you know um like driving back to the formation or whatever you really gotta stick those legs out because a lot of people are pretty shy about extending their legs or whatever so yeah i think you heard that even in your aff course I, yeah. I, I don't know if you've noticed anybody else's debrief, but the most common thing we say in an AFF course is you need to be driving more. Yeah. You need to be driving more. Stick those legs out. Use them. Nick, listen to that. Stick those legs out. Use them. Use them. My legs might be short, but they're powerful. My new rig will be here next I'm, week. I'm ready. Monday. Oh, that's Oh, yeah? Cool. Monday. Yeah. Man, that's exciting. Yeah, having to put together. And then uh, Hank will be out of town. He's going to do my recurrency jump, so he's not going to. So I'm going to find somebody on the DZ, and I'm going to go jump with him, and I'm pretty sure I can find a coach. Because legally, I'm over six months, so I need a coach. Well, my uh, coach rating expired in 2013. <sighs> Just a little short there, Nick. A little short. <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> um, dude, it was so good seeing Sam the other day, by the way. Thanks for bringing her by. She's a fun little lady. You know, I, I've said this a few times, and I've probably already said this to you, but I only ever see her at home when it's just her and I. And so I forget about, like, how tiny and animated and weird and adorable she is and then i bring her around to other people and it's like oh you you're different both in size and in just the way that she she behaves but god she's so tiny she's you ever so seen little. those little fun size snickers mm-hmm. that's like his girlfriend a little brown and small uh, it's, it's that's what it is man and i'm trying to get that in my mouth <laughs> uh man we got to uh do more dinners together in general um and i th- we actually i think a group of us have been doing dinners uh regularly enough but covid shut it all down but uh, we'll, have, we'll talk about that later. No more dinner. Uh, you guys need to get out. We'll talk about that as we keep moving along. And because I'm, I'm going to not eventually get to this, I really want to hit a little bit on the history of Lexington before I forget um, and come back to the history of you because I'll forget that really well. Um, the drop zone, do you know when it started? Uh, Opened in 97. 97? Yep. That's when I started skydiving in 97. Me and nice. your drop zone are the same age. Yeah. Do you know when in 97? No. Oh, please say August. That would be super cool. How cool would <laughs> it Just be? say August. He's not going to know. August. That is so cool. Yeah. It's, man, it's in history now. It's been recorded. <laughs> it's the truth. It is fact. 97. And over the years, uh, it's uh, it's hard to support a small drop zone, getting infrastructure, getting everything together. And Lexington over its years probably had hit and miss years. But I know when I first moved to Texas, Lexington was not known to be the safest DZ. It was not known for its quality of skydiving, and it wasn't for jumper's fault. It's just what was there and what was available at the time. And the guy I met named David Moore shows up to the coach course one day, and David says, um, it takes a course, and of course, he's like, I really like the things you're saying. 
I think my drop zone does a lot of these good things, but I wanted to get to do more of the things. Mm -hmm. And all I told David, and I actually talked to more than one person from Lexington before and told him the same thing. Good, then go back to your DZ and do those things. Don't try to convince anybody else to do them. Do them yourself and do it the best way you know how. And you're shaking your head. Why? Go ahead. Say something. <laughs> well, uh, if you want done something, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. And David started doing it that way. And I think everybody who tried to affect the owner back then was pushing the owner around and never gave him a chance. And David said, I'm just going to do it the best way I can. And the owner actually started listening to David. Yeah. And because of his approach and his mindset, I think he had immediately that large impact. Like, um, with all respect to that owner, because things weren't always going the best and there was questionable conversations going on, I, I will respect. But this person at that point said, you know what, David, I trust you. I'm going to start following your decisions. I'm going to start supporting your decisions. Mm -hmm. Hey, David, you want to help start running the place? David, do you want to buy the place? <laughs> and now, um, what year did David buy Texas Skydiving? Sorry uh, if I'm ruining the story, David. No. Uh, ooh, September 2016, I think. Sorry, I don't remember. Ballpark. Oh, it's been a while now. It's been a whirlwind of time, hasn't it? Yeah, I know it was September. September 16th, and, and gosh. Or was it October? I don't know. But I think 16 sounds about right, just, yeah. just my history with you guys. And he very quickly... Uh, affected the changes he when actually he didn't even quickly i remember at the beginning he took his time he wanted to understand the operation yeah. the way it was mm -hmm. yeah we we changed the way we did uh manifest or like yeah that was a big big change we used to do just like writing names on a whiteboard it was awesome what do you guys use now uh verbal okay um yeah i hear that verbal coming up young lady <laughs> um my old drop Burr, 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 burr. My old drop zone, we used a notepad uh, that was uh, labeled Skydive Greensburg. It was custom printed with like 18 lines, whatever, 23 lines. And you know the load was full because every one of those lines were full. <laughs> and you just tore the notepad off and put it on a, st a stick. To, you know, the, yeah. The, yeah. And That's that, great. that was, I think we even had computers there and then. And the owner was just like, oh, this is easier. We're doing, and I, we, we could have not had computers. I could be wrong. And honestly, it was an easy way to manifest, um, just a horrible way to keep records of manifest. Yeah. So it made it hard when he had to go back and look something up. Um, I love what David's done. I love what you guys have done out there. Um, you guys now run a, what kind of student program? Traditional AFF? Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys do a lot of tandems? Mm-hmm. Um, Lately, we've been doing a lot of uh, uh, A-license packages. Nice. I imagine all drop zones are doing more more than they normally do because people are, you know, cooped up at home right now and they're itching for something to do. Like, let's just get my license. Like, let's go just pound it out in a week and have some fun. How's the fun jumper base growing there? A good bit, yeah. We, we actually started a... I'm terrible at managing it. It's a, a Facebook page for our fun jumpers. Yeah, I'm terrible at managing it. <laughs> um, You're terrible at social media in general, though, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of people in that group. A lot of people. I should start reaching out to you guys more. I'm sorry. <laughs> guys, 
Cecily, I was going to call her Lexington, is a slacker. Lexington, you're a slacker. <laughs> so now you've changed names. Now you have a porn star name. Congratulations. Great. <laughs> What's up, Lexington? <laughs> um, it, it's grown. It's changed tremendously. We actually, a guy who started there, James Phillips, uh, just did his coach course here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, super nice dude. It was really interesting. I, Valerie did his course, not me. Um, she said he was very receptive the entire way, but definitely had a lot of obstacles along the way. Um, and he seemed to learn a lot. He took a lot away. Um, he falls really slow now, by the way. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know he jumps a couple of DZs. I don't know how often he's at Lexington versus Madisonville. Yeah, I, I don't know. He put some proper wings on and he floated on Chris Fudala. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So homeboy has slowed down. He's learned to use his assets. He's got, he's got those wings and he knows how to fly yeah, them now. So yeah, yeah. He, did, he did a good job. Awesome. Um, um, one of my favorite stories, though, when I first heard people come from Lexington, I always heard about questions of how to do this or how to do that. We want to do this with TAMS. We want to do this with student programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dodged a donkey in the landing area the other. What? Hold on. <laughs> you do- Alam, what? Wait, Peacock, what? You guys live on a zoo. Yeah, yeah. There was there was one landing that I had. I was like, all right, I'm going to swoop Mama Llama. That's her name. <laughs> And I I was coming in to land behind her, and I scared the crap out of her. And she started booking it. She was hauling ass toward the pavilion, and I, I felt so bad. It's like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Because she was really, really scared. Is it the black one? You posted a picture of a black one recently. No, no, that's a baby. It's like a week old. Oh, it was so cute. It was so yeah. fuzzy looking. Mm-hmm. You just have it in frame, so it's hard to tell the size. I just wanted yeah. to pet it. Yeah, it's like uh, maybe three feet tall or something. How many animals or how many types of animals? There's there's llamas. Anything else? Okay. Tigers? Llamas, donkeys, no tigers, uh, pigs, chickens, ducks. And guinea fowl. I found an amazing picture of a bunch of llamas standing around the windsock. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love seeing the llama pictures. So why in the world are there llamas on an airport? I'm not against it, but like what? Um, yeah. So back when, when Cindy started the place, um, there was like a huge grasshopper problem. And so she brought in like... Uh, I don't know what came first, but like guineas and chickens to take care of the grasshoppers and then needed to protect those from coyotes, so donkeys and llamas. But I think they, <laughs> those started off as rescues, but ended up being uh, valuable for uh, protecting the birds. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little farm out there. <laughs> it's awesome. You can throw your scraps just out your your door because we all live on the drop zone so we open the door and then you know just throw all of our scraps out there and they just eat it all it's great <laughs> you're it's done with so dinner great. you don't have a trash can you just throw it out yeah. the front door yeah your trash never stinks like it's awesome like they have a whole field full of cody's they'll just eat everybody else's food <laughs> wait a dick oh sorry not sorry um <laughs> I'm glad you're cracking yourself up. That's a good sign. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry, Cody. Um, the, I, it's, I've never heard the story before. I've known of the llamas. I've known of the animals. But this started as a way, like, crickets turn into llamas is what this just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah, I think the the larger animals were just rescued. But. And how free roam do they have on the DZ? The 100 acres. They, the whole bit. 
runway too. Do you guys ever have to dodge a all the time llama on the runway? All the time. Mm-hmm. The donkeys like the runway a lot. I'm not sure why, and they're the most stubborn. Like we sometimes, if they're near like the <laughs> the, the taxiway. Like, we'll kind of taxi the plane over there and then, like, swing them out or whatever. Anyway. You're corralling llamas or donkeys with a plane. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we have we have an ATV for, you know, like, really getting them off the runway if, if we need to take off or land. And if it's really busy, we'll just put them in the pins. That way we don't have to keep doing that over and over throughout the day. Matt, is there... Okay, it, it all—it's all processed and catch up. There's pins for the animals. Yeah, and so yeah. you guys do try to keep them in there as much as you can. It's just when they're in the way. Okay. Yeah. So you let them free roam until they're prom, and then you put them in timeout. Yep. You're in timeout, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you couldn't cooperate. You get your own place. <laughs> timeout. Start Pretty calling much. the timeout pen. Yeah. Um, we have had a ton of jumpers come through here from Lexington, and and I was talking with you earlier. I love how well Texas skydiving is doing right now. Uh, Skydive Temple, I don't know how much you know about them, but um, they have had a nice resurgence in skydiving. They're producing a lot of good skydivers. They're doing really well. There's so many. Madisonville, uh, Joe Fro, I, he's a, been a buddy for a while. I've seen a lot of great things coming out of people from there. Nice. Um, quality of skydiving, the skill set of skydiving, There is Texas is full of it right now. Mm-hmm. It, it is really cool. Um, with Lexington, um, with, with with smaller DZs, it's fun to watch any of you guys come up and, and, and push further and push harder. Do you, how many fun, I have asked this question, I'm trying to get a little more precise. How many fun jumpers do you guys have on a given Saturday? I don't know. When we have a lot of tandems on the books, we'll just reach out to everyone. Like, we also have a our, our fun jumper page and then a messenger group. If it's really busy, we'll just let them know, like, hey, we're doing tandem doubles all day. Like, don't even bother. Just come out on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, come catch tandems if you want, but that's about it. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's just different all the time. Like, we could have just fun loads all day, and it's awesome. And some some days we're just busy doing work jumps. So How many planes right now? We've got uh, two 182s. And they're usually both flying all day. Uh, no, no. We'll we'll have uh two running when we need them. But as far as like doing work jumps mm-hmm. all day, we need more instructors. Ah, uh, shortage of instructor, not shortage of yeah. Matt and Nick, have you found that to be a problem? Shortage of instructors. Man, it's definitely a thing right now. Yeah. Uh, for a while, instructors were like a dime a dozen. It was it was hard not to hire an instructor. You can get them anywhere. What do you think mm-hmm. is caught? Co- have you had? Is this new, a shortage of instructors, or has that always been an issue for you guys? Um, I don't know. We we try not to have, like, too many, because we're, we're small DZ, so we don't yeah. do, like, I don't know how many tandem space land does in a year, but uh, we keep all the employees happy with the amount of jumps that we do. So everyone's like very, very busy all year Mm -hmm. as opposed to everyone just getting a a few jumps here and there throughout the year. Um, So we kind of overload ourselves a little bit, but it's better than the alternative, you know, having an instructor who doesn't make enough jumps for money or whatever. 
it's uh, ultimately there's more than one way to run run businesses in the DZ, and there's more than one way to want to work. Some people want to do twenty tandems a day nonstop, yeah, and some guys want to do twelve. And uh, another thing we mentioned earlier is, or I guess off the air, it's it's nice to have the different personality DZs because there is a place for everybody. If you're a fun jumper, there is a DZ in Texas that fits your needs. Mm -hmm. If you're a working skydiver, there is a DZ in Texas, unless you don't like really hot. If you don't like really hot, there is no Texas's <laughs> DZs for use. Yep. None of these things happen, man. They're all, they're all hot. Uh, but there, there's a DZ for you, whether you want to do 20 or, or 15 or t uh, 12 tandems a day. It just depends what you want to do. You want to jump on the beach, there's a couple of those. Is Galveston still open? I think so. I know that they were closed. Um, it's been a little bit since I spoke with, um, um, let me remember his name, Simon. Is that his name? I don't know his name. Oh, man. I'm pretty sure it's Simon. I can look at my phone. He's called me a couple of times since we've been back in operation. Really kind guy. I hope I remember his, his name right. Um, he was sending someone to us because they weren't back in operation yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they had some, some young kids in the house and uh, some health concerns, so they were... They were playing it safe for a little bit longer. But a uh, really kind guy. I'm not sure if they've started flying again or not, but I know that they didn't start, start at least mm. when, when we did. Okay. And they are a tandem only. I don't think they allow any fun jumpers at all. Correct. Yeah, you try. That, that, that might be their landing <laughs> now, area. Now, we actually had someone uh, drive out to our drop zone uh, to get their license from Oklahoma, uh, and she did her first tandem in Galveston, and she said that they only do... Tandems down there, they land on the beach. It's something to do with the city. You know, they won't allow people to, fun jumpers to land down there. I don't know. Um, I don't blame them. Uh, yeah. It's technical yeah. landing on a beach. I mean, if you have people out there flying kites, those things are small. You can hardly see them. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes the conditions can be tricky. Yeah, uh, that too. Mustang Island, Scott Ive, South Padre, Jason owns. South Texas. South Texas. Yes, South Texas. Thank you. No, South Padre, different DZ. Sorry, Scott of South Texas. <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, just to interrupt, it yeah. uh, looks like Scott of Galveston is taking reservations on their website for Saturdays and Sundays. That's nice, it. man. Nice. It's, uh, I would love to skydive over Galveston. I think it's the ugliest beach in the world, but it'd still be really Gosh. cool to jump over. <laughs> What's have you? Do you have any beach jumps? Um, Marco Island, Florida. So I um, tore my left calf muscle hooking it into the beach there. Yep, I have oh, a beach jump. Oh, that was a mm. demo jump or something. Uh, no, no, we oh, were doing like a, a boogie on the beach. And the first load, we were supposed to show the mayor and the yeah, and the fire department oh. and everybody that we wouldn't do anything wrong. And somebody hooked it into the beach and tore his calf muscle Who and wa that? walked it off. Yeah, did you pretend to not be hurt at least? Um, and when they got me back to the condo, I said, take me to the hospital, please. Like, I, I was very quick to go and hang out the entire beach boogie on Percocets. While we were at the uh, pharmacy the next day, the next day, my buddy uh, Billy and I are at the pharmacy picking up Percocets. And he we hear fire alarms or uh, uh, fire trucks. We hear uh, ambulances and stuff going crazy. And Billy's like, no, it's, it's no. And he started freaking out, and he, his dad's the drop zone owner, and he knows a load had just taken off. He knew the timing. He's like, oh, no. 
And one of our jumpers had flown back inland too much, and the winds were too high for them, so they couldn't get back over to the beach. They landed in, if you've ever been on those small beach uh, front communities in Florida, they're all very small yards, very, very tiny postage stamps, uh, very crowded roads, and she landed in that road uh, over power lines or something like that and broke herself. Um, so yeah, when she went to the ER, they actually let me straight in the ER cause she was a nurse. So she went to me with the ER cause Valerie wasn't in town. So they thought she was my girlfriend. I still had a ER bracelet on. So let me free roam. Like she's only see one person at a time. I'm like, and they're like, go ahead. You're at. It was kind of fun, kind of crazy. So her and I spent the entire, uh, beach boogie hopped up on drugs. It nice. was, uh, yeah, whew. it was a good time. So did you raid the cafeteria in that hospital? Uh, no, it was oh. an ER. Yeah, once once we got out of the ER, we were in condos on beaches. Or I forget. Where, I really, dude. Uh, Not the clearest of memories, perhaps? No, man. I had Percocets and alcohol on the beach. I enjoyed that vacation. <laughs> I was in pain. I'm not really a guy who likes to take pills and drink, but I was like, man, this is a vacation. So yeah. that was, uh, Val and I just got together. That was our first like kind of trip together. Lucky, lucky lady. <laughs> how, how do you feel about wearing a uh, Santa Claus costume or an elf costume? Yeah, I, I would do that one. You you know what I'm talking about? You're talking about uh, Galveston? Yeah, Moody Gardens, yeah, yeah, the yeah. demo that we do there. I think it's uh, yeah. November normally. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's it could even be October. I'll have to look. But you get, you get to land at Moody Gardens right uh, near the water at sunset. It's pretty yeah. pretty beautiful. No, um, so I've never been interested in the Moody Gardens demo until they changed it. And now that they've changed it and I've seen y'all's videos, I'm like, oh, I'm interested in the Moody Gardens demo. The landing area is great. The only bad thing about it is there are some, some thorns in, in that grass. Wear, wear but, the right shoes. Uh, I mean, yeah, as long as you don't slide it in, you're, you're just fine. And if I'm going to go on a demo, I'm going to jump my Spectre. Um, I'm more current on it. Um, it's a good choice. Why not? Um, I see Nick swoop his Valkyrie in there, and I'm not current on my Valkyrie that I should not be doing that. I'm just, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that cool. I, um, I'm, I can go and jump a Spectre into a demo. And really, have you ever watched a demo where people swoop in, swoop in, swoop in, and the one guy comes in on like a 300 and sets down like straight down, and they're like, yeah, that's the first one. I'm like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so um, I, I, I don't mind jumping a Spectre into it. I, let me, uh, probably not. I don't know who we have lined up for it this year. I'm usually an elf. So I, that's the thing is, is I think it's a pretty locked roster, and I think the roster's pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean, the last couple of years, it's been, it's been you, pretty Nicole, good. You, Nicole, Hank. Uh, Josh Gerard came with us this last year. That's as well. right. Yeah. That's right. Um, you guys, I mean, partially, you guys are all the right size. I feel like, have you ever Dude, seen me and Nicole and Hank do? The, yeah, and Josh. Yeah, he's a small guy too. You ever seen uh, what? What's that guy's name who does uh, Ron Burgundy? Uh, Wolf Farrell. Have you seen him in Elf? He's yeah, a human who thinks he's an elf. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would look like that to you guys. <laughs> I would be Wolf Farrell. Have you seen how baggy that costume is on me? There's way too much. There's so much fabric. There's way too much elf costume on that elf costume. I do believe it would fit me because I've seen uh, taller friends wear it. So um, I want to say Jason Hyder's worn it. Yeah, I think so. You've been in Jason Hyder's pants. And we wore the same elf suit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did we get sidetracked through all of that? Uh, We talked about uh, Galveston. I asked about beach jumps. Yeah. Oh, I just tasted dinner. Uh, Oh, man. Burble. Definitely burbles. Uh, 
I can understand Galveston's lack of wanting to let fun jumpers on the beach. I know Jason at Skydive South Texas. See how I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of struggle with the cities there, and a lot of struggles with cities allow a city allowing him to have fun jumpers on his DZ. And it, I've heard people complain about it. And it's like the only reason you can fun jump at Skydive South Texas is because Jason's fought to let you guys still be able to do it. I'd believe it. Yeah, because there's there was a fatality uh, in that area, and it was a fun jumper making a mistake, and God rest anybody so on, but it was a fun jumper making a mistake, doing things they probably shouldn't have been doing. And that puts Jason, or in this case Simon, I think is his name's uh, um, operation completely at risk. So I don't blame the cities who lock down beach operations. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super technical. You know, there's a lot of uh, obstacles down there, too. Yeah. Uh, it can be uh it can be dangerous if you yeah. if you let it be. Have you jumped to South Texas? Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. It was Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh. It's it's perfect. You get beach views and hardly anybody in the sky. It's easy, it's relaxing. Val and I did a two way and we held hands looking south down the beach. Oh, and a part way through the skydive we did a one eighty and looked north up the beach. And then we broke off and pulled high and flew our campies together around. And like literally we went on a sightseeing cool. tour on a skydive. Yeah. And did you land on the beach? Uh, no, we landed at the airport. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't, I've landed on the beach once and that doesn't, oh, yeah. that hasn't, once. that hasn't traumatized me to not caring about landing on the beach, but I hate sand and stuff. I just like landing on the beach. I'm like, ah, it's, it's, I did one beach landing down there. And mm-hmm. now that you. Uh, talk about sand and everything. My canopy was very sandy for a long time. Yeah. So I just, I, and then sand's abrasive to canopies and to lines. And yes, mm-hmm. it wears it out. And the amount that you're doing it in one or two beach jumps, it's not that critical. Yeah. But I still don't like dealing with it. I yeah. just, I, I hate yeah, dealing I don't with like it at all. Either. So, um, but have you landed at the, you've landed at the airport there. Yep. It's a technical landing by itself. Yeah. It's very, very narrow. Yeah. Very, very narrow. I was not told they're not allowed to do big turns there. So I did a fat 270 and swooped up. Dude, I was super current. I was super comfortable with big turns. I had a lot of fun. I ripped. And uh, Jason was very polite to me and nice to me and said something respectful. Didn't say a word to me. And then another guy who had done a course with me comes like, um, why did you do that? Why, why did I do what? Why did you land like that? I'm like, uh, it's fun, dude. What do you mean? Why did I land? What did I do? He goes, dude, you're not supposed to turn. I'm like, you guys don't know how turns here? No. Nobody told me. He goes, uh, yeah, I didn't. I guess you knew that. And now as I think about it, he was super nice. He was yeah, like, yeah. he realized like, yeah, I figured you knew. I'm like, no, why would I know? I've never been here before, brother. I'm so sorry. And I actually walked up to Jason and apologized and said, hey, man, I didn't mean to get your boy. And, and everybody was super cool about it. They, yeah. they couldn't have been nicer, man. Um, I love the, the operation there. Uh, Matt Sant. Do you know, you know Matt Sant? Nick, Nick, Nicholas? I absolutely know that name. A um, little bit bigger than me in all aspects. Uh, jumps a Infinity, has some camo, black and red in it. Uh, thinner hair than me. Um, he's actually lost a lot of weight lately, so he's a bit skinnier than me. Rita is his wife. Um, they jump at San Marcos a lot. They jump, dude. Uh, Rita and Matt. Are yes, I there. recognize this okay, man. Cool. Uh, they're out. Uh, they're a good bit between there and San Marcos, and, and they have a lot of fun going on. Um, go, go to these one eighty two drops. They're so much fun. Mm-hmm. Why um, I have to keep track here? Um, why would somebody want to come fun jump? Steph takes an exhibition every year. She has Steph's. Min- Do you guys have you guys named a boogie for this yet? Is this an event yet? Uh, 
Well, we've we've had two, one in October, one in December, but the latest one last uh December was the little chill boogie. Okay. So it's a little it's a little boogie and it's chill because it's in December. And it's a one eighty two drop zone. So it's chill. I didn't get the cold part. I got the rest of it. Yeah. But the cold part, you got me. One of the most interesting things I heard is uh, maybe it was that boogie where David went up to some of our fun jumpers and I, these fun jumpers come back and tell me this story and say that he apologized that everybody didn't get to make as many jumps as they want. That they're going to limit uh, numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And did you hear what our fun jumper said about it? Uh, I I think I remember, but I don't want to No, say go for it. Say it. Or, no, I, th- I think that they... Uh, they weren't there to get jump numbers. They were just there to have a good time. And they all said that's exactly what they said. And they said yeah. they don't want you guys to cap the numbers. They don't want you to change ad if all they make is one or two jumps in a day and they get to hang out and enjoy yeah. the vibe. I think that right there speaks volumes for what mm-hmm. you guys have going on. Yeah. Why, what would you tell people to entice them to come to the little chill boogie or whatever things you have going on out there? Try something new. Get out of your comfort zone. Like maybe, uh, maybe you've just been to large DZs and you don't know that you can kind of relax a little more. I don't know. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to. You do have to keep your head on a swivel, uh, but not constantly looking at everyone around you. So that's that's what I was. Uh, traffic. I love. Yeah. One eighty two traffic. Mm hmm. Yeah. One, two, three. All right. I'm low man. Time to do some turns. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I can count to three and I'm the fourth one. I'm good to go, man. Yep. It's easy. Um, so we're, good. We're, we're bouncing back and forth. My brain is just really good at that tonight, particularly. <laughs> uh, you've been at Spaceland now. You did your coach course. You went back home. How much did your attitude behavior, if at all, change from going from the large turbine back to the small Cessna? Uh, like my attitude toward anything. jumping in general. Yeah, any anything, anything you might have taken away. You you there. You started doing things differently because of your experiences. You started having different goals, objectives. What what changes in your perspective? Yeah, um, I I think by that point I knew I wanted to be an AFF instructor. At least I don't I don't think I wanted to be a TM instructor yet. So that <laughs> <laughs> that made me. A lot more comfortable with the idea of progressing in the sport. So before that, I had no idea. Well, I had some idea of what it would be like, but now I, I would be more comfortable with, uh, you know, day-to-day stuff with students, like teaching them things. Uh, that that's the the biggest thing I learned from that is just talking to people. I think that change the way that I talk to anyone ever <laughs> in my life uh, really allowed me to open up a little more. You've definitely opened up a bit more. When you, you came in the house earlier and you went back out to the car uh, to get socks, I think is what it was. Yep. S-O-C-K-S. I um, hole in my sock. How else do you put your feet in? <laughs> oh, the I other two end. holes in one sock. That's not good. Now, how do you no. keep your feet in? I don't know. They leak out. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so horrible. Sock jokes. Um, oh, my God. I lost track of my brain. I went to go get my socks. Um, oh, I was mentioning to Valerie how much you've changed in the time we've known you. 
how much you, how old are you now? 24. 24. So, yeah. so part of it is I've known you since you were, I mean, a very young person. I mean, I've known you four or five years now. So mm. I've known you since you're about 20, since before you could buy liquor. So for sure you're going to grow up some, but also the drops on this changed you a bit. Um, one of the things I like that I heard about you when you went back home is coaching. You did a lot of coaching when you got home. Yeah. Um, man, Nick, how often do you see a coach with a coach rating, user rating in a technical standpoint at our drop zone? Uh, almost never. Not almost never, but uh, recurrency jumps. Yeah. So we use instructors for our coach jumps, but even most big turbine DZs, I don't see the coaches nearly as active as I see coaches on 182 DZs. Yeah. Why are, I mean, honestly, I think our drop zones, bigger drop zones have more opportunity for coaches to use their ratings at places that use coaches. 182s, why, why do you guys get more coach jumps there? What What's the difference? Uh, so at our, at our drop zone, we do like a traditional AFF style uh, program so their their first seven uh, solo jumps are with an AFF instructor and then they're cleared to coach jumps so they can do those with uh, anyone who has their coach rating. But I see coaches on traditional AFF drop zones, big turbine traditional AFF drop zones, doing the same student program oh, you I basically see. are. Yeah, and I don't see coaches there nearly as involved as I see them on 182 joints. Why? Why mm -hmm. are your coaches more active? I have no idea. I've never been to a turbine DZ that has that. Does what are you putting in your water to make them do that job? <laughs> <laughs> it, it really what it's uh, it's the culture, it's the community uh, for sure. Well, yeah, yeah, they're very eager to uh, progress. Like they, uh, people that are well, I imagine everyone is like that at every other DZ. They just want to keep going, keep jumping, you know, learning stuff. But they, I don't, I don't know. They just. Love it, I guess. Yeah. I, I really think uh, ignorance is bliss, right? And you're a very blissful woman. Um, and I, I say that because I've seen so many 180, or excuse me, large turbine DZs pull teeth to get coaches to want to coach on traditional AFF drop zones. But yeah, mm -hmm. I listen to small 182 joints and the coaches can't do enough. You Like coaches are super active. And I think that's where that bliss is for you is you don't realize what kind of uh, asset you guys get with your coaches because I don't think we send many coaches back to you who don't stay active unless they just don't skydive anymore. Yep. Most of the coaches that get their rating at your drop zone use it all the time. Yep. Almost every weekend. Mm -hmm. Man, it's, it's I, I don't understand. I love it. Um, and, and I wish, I, and I think I do understand to a point. I think it's back to the family value, the family unit. Like at the end of a day jumping, what's the first thing that happens? Jumping's done. What's the first thing that happens in Lexington? Dinner. Dinner where? A number of places. It depends on the day. Sunday we have limited options, but there's a little place north of us uh, about 20 minutes away called Gonzales. Super good. And little Tex-Mex place. Who all eats at Gonzales with you that night? The whole staff. So most, most of the time, the yeah. whole staff. But yeah. And when you guys get done with dinner, what happens next? We go home and watch movies and go to sleep. How often do you guys do bonfires? Uh, that's usually only a winter thing because it's it's know, Texas. It's, it's hot. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just depends. We have mm. a a huge uh, uh bonfire waiting to happen. <laughs> it's like we've uh, trimmed all the trees at the drop zone recently and they're all in this huge, massive pile. 
about the size of a house. So I was curious how big because as you describe this, you're legitimately looking up at my yeah. ceiling. Yeah, it's it, taller than the ceiling in this room. It's huge. We're gonna see it from here, um, and and I think that right there, what you describe with people are all going to be by the bonfire that night. People all go to dinner together. You guys are a family. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, Nick, when's the last time you saw our entire staff at dinner together? <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> Yet, uh, I mean, I guess it used to happen a little more. Uh, when I was when I was pretty new here, it would happen. But you know, I that was the end of our small staff days. I'm a sober person, so when we're at a restaurant. And everyone's being real loud. Yeah. I start to feel embarrassed for the group and pretty apologetic to the rest of the restaurant. And I don't think that we have as many people that go that hard in a normal restaurant as as we did then. John Barry. Yeah, that's the first person (laughs) that comes to mind. John Barry at BJ's, dude, that's a bad cop. He has licked ketchup off of my lips inside of BJ's, and that's that's on a calm day. But uh, yeah, we we don't we don't really do family dinners except for the times that I've traveled to uh, other drop zones, maybe for boogies or events or whatever, and we might go out. But uh, here, normal normal work day, not 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 really a thing that happens. Yeah, I actually have a picture of you from a staff dinner in Dallas. Am I flexing? Is my shirt off? No, you're slouched <laughs> down in your chair like you're melted into it, like you just ate some edibles or something. Oh, which you don't eat edibles, so I don't think you did. Maybe I had too many enchiladas. Big white glasses. You were wiped out. It was a. Uh, it's actually my uh, when you call me picture. So it was a revolution boogie. No, this is when we first uh, bought Dallas. It was early on in Spaceland oh, Dallas. Okay, uh, Las Canyonas. Las I can't remember the name of the place, but um, and that's not even the right name of it. It's uh, but the Mexican joint. I I know the the trip you're talking about because we were doing undercover jumps with uh, Steve Boyd. No, it's a different trip than that. Not I that believe. trip. No, no, no. It was I wasn't involved with that at all. I wasn't it, there for that. Okay, so this is when <clears throat> Spaceland first uh, acquired Dallas. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, man. I wish I. I could. know that I was there. I know I filled out a waiver that day. I mean, and I, it's, th- I think, and really, there was not many people there besides uh, the uh, Steve and Tim. Um, this is back when uh, the Aussies were running the place. Um, this is, I was there, you were there. I don't think there was anybody else from Houston there besides us. Okay. Now, now, now that you're talking about, it, I'm remembering more. I spent time upstairs when that's where their video room was getting some computers set up, but man, I don't, uh, that's, I was, was probably worn out from staring at a screen all day trying to get uh, V shortcut. Yeah. Or editing stuff. That's exactly them. what you're complaining yeah. about all night. So that makes a lot more <laughs> sense. Sorry. Memories. Every time I see Nick's stupid face on my phone, that's what I see. <laughs> I, I see that like God, I've got such a dumb face, it, dude. It's a pretty, literally. You look like you're melted on acid in the picture. You're just in the cow in the well, chair. <laughs> I've never seen you slouch like that. Never seen you look so. Must have been a long day. Lost. So, um, you, you'll have to show me the photo. Yeah, it, it's it's not. Yeah. Anyways, um, you eventually come back and you do your AFF rating. We 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 are going back and forth in this circle. Um, you you come back to your AFF rating. How many jumps did you have when you did that course? 900? 900. And 900. Nine, I re- I, I, the other thing I was telling Val is in that course, um, you basically struggled for a little while. Yeah. And I honestly think, and I don't know if you will agree with this or not, I'm curious to your take. I honestly believe it was a mental struggle. It was, a, it was an emotional connection. Yeah. Um, I, 
yeah, it was definitely a mental thing. I I was definitely able to do it physically. Um, I I think maybe me being not comfortable jumping at that drop zone or being, uh, you know, under pressure, like I got to get these, these jumps done so I can go home this weekend and work. And, uh, but yeah, it was just, it was intense. Like you have to, you work your ass off at that course. Whatever you're capable of doing difficulty wise, we push you one level harder. Yeah. If you're capable of a five, we're doing a six. You can do a six, we're doing a seven. And we're always pushing one level harder. Um, you probably landed from a few jumps winded. Uh, I don't, re- I don't recall being winded from. Then Chris is fired. The jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do recall being winded from landing at the complete opposite end of the runway as the packing room was. So that was great. And making it all the way back, and that's a long runway. It is a long it runway. Long. Luckily, some people were picking me up about half the time, so I didn't have to walk the whole way. But yeah, I think you guys got put out last a lot. We did, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it? So I'm curious in this course uh, to give some people a little bit of context during the course. You and I are going to have this. Uh, you'll recognize the conversation right away, so you'll be able to have it. Yeah. In the loading area, I'm going to look at you and say, "Who's the man?" And I wait for you to say what. What? No. Who's the man? You are. We want you to own skydiving. Who's your bitch? You are. And we say that all the time in the course. Nick, I'm positive you've probably heard us say this before. And really, we want people to take ownership of the skydive Mm -hmm. and treat us like they own us. Because at some point, I won't say the next thing because I want to hear your answer before I say it. What happened? Because one jump, you went up, and every time uh, Chris would land, he's like, man, she's right there, but it's just, just that click. She's not clicking. She's not clicking. And you came down from one jump and walked in and go, you're my bitch. <laughs> Straight at him <laughs> in a way I've never seen. Like, since then, I've seen you behave and speak this way. But what happened on that one that one moment, that one jump? So I think it was the, the previous two jumps before that one. I was... Um He's on his back, and I'm trying to get a rollover, I think. M- maybe rollover and... S- no, it was just a rollover. He's on his back. And I I kept looking down at him, uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get it. And then I run out of altitude, and I, I couldn't get the rollover. He flips over or whatever. Um, and I I was like, I know I, know I can do this. Um, and on the, the next jump, we... We go up. It's like, okay, so if I need to get low, I need to spill more air. So when I look down at him, I need to keep my chin up. So on on that next skydive, I curled up and I kept my chin up. I was like, I'm going to get this fucking rollover. And I flew down there and rolled him over. I was like, hell yeah, nice. So it sounds like more anything else, focusing on how to do the job well is what clicked for you? Yeah, yeah. Um Mm. Yes. Yeah, I've always been really curious because everybody, it's different. And so the who's the man and who's your Beyonce conversation is really intended, A, for fun because we want you to relax. It's a stressful enough environment as it is. Uh, B, at some point you need to understand on these skydives, I'm not really DJ. I'm not really going to save my life and you mm-hmm. ultimately have to. Yeah. And a lot of people go into the course and, and they never truly earnestly try to save my life. They try to just do a job. 
Um, was that any part of the thought process? Because there was a huge shift in mentality between the jump prior and that jump when you landed. Yeah. Uh, I think it was one of the early um, practice jumps that I I had a <laughs> like a mental breakdown because uh, so we, we left the plane, we were nice and stable and we released uh, uh, Chris Rudala, he was, he was a student, and he backslid like what seemed like halfway across the sky. I was like, there's <coughs> no way I could catch up with him. And I immediately thought that I wouldn't make it through the course and I, I was finished. Like, I was like, there's no way I can do that. Um, and so I, I had my little moment. I went back into uh, the classroom and I think we, we were talking for a little while and then we went over our next jump and we kept going. And I, I still sort of felt uh, like the jumps got better as, as I kept doing them, but they they still weren't where I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be perfect, but nobody's perfect. Like, <laughs> um, have you met Nick? <laughs> yeah. I'm proof of that statement that nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was just upset with, with my performance and, you know, the, the whole rollover thing really bothered me because I knew I could do it, but I, I wasn't able to do it on the jump. And, uh, when I finally got it, I was, I was like, that was, I think that was the hardest part of this court right here was doing this rollover, um, mentally because, uh, that would be the point in a skydive where it's very important that I do my job properly. So I, I get this rollover. Um, and yeah, if, if I can do that, then I can do these jumps. You say the hardest part was getting the rollover. Do you mean actually executing the rollover itself or catching the student on his back? Catching him. Yeah, rollover is easy. <laughs> it, it's uh, it, it, who knows? Maybe you meant uh, so just making sure. Um, it's so interesting because I've heard time and time again people say, "How hard is it? You're just catching somebody on their back. Mm -hmm. How hard is it?" It was difficult for me. Yeah, yeah. I to this. Oh, knock on some wood. Uh, I have not had to do like a straight up rollover with anyone. I've done like a kind of half-assed rollover before. And I, I think I actually messaged you and Chris about that. I was like, oh my God, it's been two years since my course and I finally got to do like a mini rollover. I was so excited. I was super pumped about it. And looking back on it, it's just like this kind of weird exit. And my, my student was uh, uh, doing well enough to remember to arch for me. So that was really helpful. They helped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I get really excited about like jumping with students. It's super fun. Why? I, I like teaching people. Uh, and I think it comes from me struggling with maybe not being taught, but just doing something. Um, you know, like going back to, uh, the AFF course, it, it took a minute for me to really figure out what I needed to do. And I like helping other people 
um, have that click, like Chris said. Um, like flying out in front of the student and just smiling at them. Like, <laughs> hey, and they're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I'm flying by myself and you're <laughs> smiling at me. Like, this is great. Yeah. Okay, check your altitude. All right, let's do some maneuvers. <laughs> we got stuff to do now. Yeah. <laughs> we got a nine grand. Help me out here. Yeah, it's that and them just really understanding what everything's like and uh, on the jump because they don't know until they do it. They don't know exactly what it's going to be like until they do it. And you said as a student, you struggled a little bit? Like... Were you were you a good student? Did you catch it right away? Did you understand it? How was your learning curve as a jumper yourself? Uh, I struggled a lot with the exit count. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, which is very weird because that's... Looking at my students, they struggle with it the first few jumps and then they got it. It's fine after that. But I struggled with it through my license... Like I got my A license and I think I struggled with it a little bit after that, but I don't know. It may be like the the fear of falling or something. It's usually the fear of exit that makes us an exit count um, yeah. go poorly. Do you think with those struggles it's made you a better instructor in those capacities? Definitely. Yeah? And Definitely. How? In what ways? Because I understand where the student is, so I can... I can relate to them. Do you ever share your stories with them? And All the fucking time. Yeah? All the time. How do they react? Yeah. <laughs> they are surprised. They said, what? You You took forever climbing out on your, your first solo jump? But, you know, I don't believe that or something. They, they don't understand maybe quite at that moment that, you know, the people who are where they are now aren't there because they were perfect the way th- all the way through. They learned from their mistakes. I, uh, Nick, I don't know if you know this, but I really struggled early on teaching canopy stuff. I, I could not teach you how to fly canopy early on. But I also understood canopy from the beginning. I don't know what it is. It's always been natural for me. Mm-hmm. Most of the freestyle moves I'd ever done, somebody would tell me how to do it once, and I'd do a reasonable facsimile of it pretty quickly. I'm like, I, I get canopy. How do you teach it? How do you how do you not flare? What do you mean? How do you flare? Yeah. Like what what? <laughs> so I had a hard time translating in my brain what people would say, mm-hmm. and I really I, I struggle because right now as the rating center goes, I'm looking at some different expansion. I'm actually working on both local and and uh, location expansion, and one of the guys I've been speaking with is concerned because man, I wasn't the best uh, a student at this. I didn't learn this the best. I've struggled a lot of these things. I'm like. Well, bro, I'm asking you to teach us at the most fundamental level. Can you do that? He's like, yes. I said, awesome. Do you think you can explain it? Well, he goes, I can explain it 12 different ways. Why? Because I've been explained to it 12 different ways. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You are an asset because, not because you've continued to struggle. You've, you've now done well for yourself. But because you struggled early on, it makes you a better teacher. And I hope jumpers can hear that because so many people think just because I struggled, I can't. But I really do see some of the best instructors. Man, Steph. She was not natural at Canopy at all. Um, Stephanie moved to Dallas, came back down here to do Canopy coaching because she was struggling enough that she needed it because she was afraid to jump because she was afraid of her landings. Man, Stephanie, as an asset, as an instructor, Nick, where is she at today in your book? 
right at the top, man. She's uh, she does a really good job. Uh, we talked a little bit about just how passionate of a person she is and how much she likes to share. And uh, I don't think to call her a workhorse is the right word <laughs> because it just doesn't sound like something that fits her. But she works incredibly hard. Mm. She's someone who takes initiative. She's someone who cares about doing the right thing. And she uh, is someone who wants to keep getting better. She's a fun donkey. She's stubborn and she's just having a good time doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> she's a fun donkey. What's up, Steph? You fun donkey, you. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I have to start calling her that name or something stupid like it. Uh, and she, have you noticed any of her students? Do you have, so in almost any DZ, there is, especially when it gets big enough, groups of students where you can go, ah, he was trained by Frank because that's the instructor we have who trains students poorly and he's behaving like Frank's students would. Um, and then some DZs you have uh, students who like my, my, the way that student's behaving, they were trained by Hank. They were trained by whoever. Um, have you noticed any of Steph's students hanging, uh, standing out to you? Do you ever notice any problems negative or positive with them? Gosh, uh, honestly, uh, no one that stands out. Mm-hmm. which means they're probably doing a great job. So I I have the uh, fun position of teaching canopy courses, and if you've ever sat on my canopy course, you know I mean fun. I, I really have a lot of fun with them. And one of the things I actually enjoy in it is I like to ask them, who taught you to skydive? And I do it mainly because I know how you think now, I know what processes you've been through, and I can better adapt to you. But I also subconsciously keep track, and I can tell you right now, Tommy Miller taught me to skydive. My goodness, I need to speak at a high level to you then because Tommy Miller did a really good job when he worked here training his students. Matthew Peterson has taught me to skydive. Oh, I really need to make sure I give you the top tips for your canopy. You might be dumb. We're all capable of it. But Matthew Peterson, you're probably not shocked. He had very good canopy students. Stephanie Behnke. Um, has, well, I like to just emphasize the banky. Uh, dude, her students stand out. Her canopy students stand out. The, I will tell you, none of them, I've not met one that's been like exceptionally super awesome. That's just going to happen over time. But I've never had a Stephanie student uh, in a canopy course who didn't have a good idea of what they were talking about. And back to that's it, good. she struggled. She struggled with canopy stuff. Um, I, I hope people get it. You struggled at yours, and you are a good teacher. I've, I've I've actually officially critiqued your teaching. <laughs> I have sat back and, and watched and observed and evaluated your teaching process, and you're a phenomenal communicator. Thank you. No, oh, you're welcome. I think your students and, and Madison and David is lucky to have you. Hi, David. I love you, David. <laughs> um, um, I wish you could have been here tonight. Me too. You guys. Oh, you guys need to take a break. You we guys. Do. You guys like had to close down because of a plane issue at some point. And came down here, I think, is that how that happened? And fun jumped for a weekend? Or was it a choice? Uh, um, yeah, I think um, both of our planes were um, doing like 100 hour or something. It was just like really bad timing. Yeah. But it was like, eh, whatever, we'll, you know, go do some fun jumps at Spaceland. So do you guys ever shut down shop intentionally and go to one of the other local DZs? Uh, yeah, we, we actually went to a uh, skydive temple recently to do some tandems out there. Scott had a lot of good things to say about y'all. Yeah. I, uh, Sc- Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Scott loves y'all. That's Scott awesome. loves you yeah, guys a lot. That's cool. Um, he did his, he just got his tandem rating. He just got his tandem rating. Yeah. Um, and no, no, no. He just got his AFF rating. 
and tandem. And a tandem. And a tandem. Yep, yep. I've lost wow. track. Yeah. That's he like just got that. That's yeah. two in like two months. Yeah, pretty wow. short time frame. He yeah. was set up to do his tandem course, ran into a quick couple roadblocks, obstacles, yep. paperwork are pain in the butt with tandem ratings. Yep. Uh, he's like, Hey man, I'm eager to keep moving. I'll do my AFF rating right now. Came in and honestly I don't think he would have been ready for the AFF course. Um, and I think he knew that. And he said, hey, man, I'd like to come in and do some pre-course day work. And uh, he did two days with Chris Vidala, uh, fully focusing on skill set and flying. And nice. so when he came into the course, he was comfortable, relaxed, and able to truly learn. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, it made him, he came, he didn't come prepared, so he prepared. You know, nice. I, I, does that make sense if I said yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a pre-course, too. It really helped. I With... Who, me? You. you? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's so hard. I'm so sorry I have to ask these questions. It's That's, okay. It's all big blur. You deal with a lot of people. Dude, it's it's a fun job. I'm, I've met some really cool people in my life. I've mm -hmm. met you and David this way. Um, I want to say I did all of his ratings and all of yours. Uh, except for Rigor. But I don't know if I did his coach. No, I didn't. No, I think he did that at San Marcos before Space Lane. Yeah, no, I think he did. Yeah, I'm positive. He did tandem yeah. and AFF with me. He did his tandem first. Uh, than his AFF, and I've done all yours. Mm -hmm. So I, it's super cool because I met uh, James. I'm like, hey, man, I'm your granddaddy. He told me that... James uh, Phillips? Yeah, I think he told <laughs> me that... Uh, um, That's funny. David did his his his, 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 uh, his A license. I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, technically I'm your granddaddy. I thought David like had to be an instructor. And <laughs> oh, my God. So back to it. You guys do take breaks. You do go to other DZs. Yeah, yeah, occasionally. Um, yeah. But we, we do a lot of work. Um, yeah, we don't take as many breaks as maybe we should. Yeah, but we have a good time working at home. So yeah, it's yeah. it's not all that bad. You guys should it's take nice a break once a year. Job. Once a year, come on out to Houston and hang out with us. Yeah, and please give us a little bit more warning next time. Uh, I always want to tell you. Uh, last time y'all were here, I wanted to offer. Hey, you guys, you and, and David always have a place to stay. But then you're like, yeah, we've got a hotel in Galveston on the beach. I'm like, okay, you don't want to stay with us. That's, that's, <laughs> you're probably enjoying that a lot more, getting away from everybody. Yeah. Nobody to bother you. Uh, you don't have any donkeys to feed. You don't have to take home scraps for the llamas. <laughs> um, it's all good. Uh, but you guys are always welcome. And, of course, Thank I want to do dinner and catch up with you guys some more at some point. Heck, yeah. Um, my sister won't leave me alone. Debbie, I hate you. Don't send me text messages ever again <laughs> while I'm doing a show. I hate you. Love you, Debbie. Sorry about your brother. Um, <laughs> la lack of manners. Shut up, shut up, both of you. He's proven me right every moment that passes. She saw my sister's uh, podcast screen on her car that has a Gravia Radio logo on it, mm -hmm. and said, "Look, mommy, that's Uncle Donji's computer." She's seen my computer maybe twice, that laptop with a big logo on the back, mm -hmm. and she sees my logo on the car now, and she she knows it. <laughs> she, it's my work computer. That's cute. Yeah, man. You know, seeing my niece for vacation was a blessing. I loved it to death. Um, I enjoy kids today more than I ever have, and I enjoy kids at to, uh, today more than I ever thought I would. Listen, let's have mm. some. I absolutely still do not want kids, and I want them even less than I would. And that was what the next part I was say. Now I want them even <laughs> As much as I enjoy them even more, I want them even less. Um, I love you, Debbie. You do a great job. I don't want to do that job. Ugh. How do you feel on kids, by the way? I love being an aunt. I love it. I get it. I get it. I, th I get yeah. it completely. You get all the freedom and you get to play with your nieces and nephews whenever you want. I used to say I want to skip parents, go straight to grandparent, all the fun without any responsibility. 
As I sit here now as an uncle, my parents still have some responsibility. As the uncle, I have zero. I zero. And I'm the bad influence. I did teach my my niece to pick her nose this last trip. That was pretty cool. (laughs) I think she might have already had the idea, but I definitely implanted like it was a good idea. I I started digging. I'm like, Sophie, like this. (laughs) And my brother. Did you try to flick those things? uh, No, but probably. I did try to get her to eat them. I did not get too far on that. (laughs) So my brother-in-law will be absolutely grossed out that she picks her nose. Like he's absolutely not going to be a cool thing with him at all. So (laughs) Makes it even better. Yeah, the foundation of doing Uh it. Like I've told him and and Debbie, my goal is to be the bad influence. I'm not going to be the evil influence, but I want to have fun. Teach her to flick her boogers. That's that's a good goal. (laughs) I want to teach her to actually pick her nose and wipe them on mommy. There you go. That's That's better than eating them. Ah, you get hungry, man. I mean, that's, they're there. <laughs> yeah, it's she's going to go to snack. school, man. You want her to be the little kid picking her nose and eating it at school? Come on. <laughs> they sent me a video. That's crazy. She was wearing a unicorn shirt, and everybody kept touching her shirt. And she goes, don't touch me. I want you to be touching my shirt. Um, my sister sent me the whole video about, like, yeah, your Uncle Don, she understands he doesn't like people touching him either. So uh, I love you, Debbie. Thanks for mocking me. You horrible she kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> Oddly enough. There's and no Adam, COVID. Oh, man. And Adam's back, so we can get a three-way love triangle going uh, on. I haven't kissed a dude in a long time. I think I'm through that phase. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was really kidding, but I was like, are you mad at Adam or something? No, I'm just... Uh, you're, you're over your uh, bisexual phase? I mean, I was never attracted to dudes. No, Let's it get was, that clear. No, it was a... Yeah. It was an assault. You, <laughs> kiss, you kiss a buddy, and then you watch the terrified look on their face when they realize what's just happened. Yeah, it's just that's... that's yeah, we, we we all have friends who will play gay chicken and they'll threaten you with a kiss. A dude who'll be like, oh, and they'll act like they're going to kiss you and they'll be funny. So Nick and I, without knowing this, both are the same dude. When a guy threatens me with a kiss, I'm like, okay, I'll give you a kiss. Like, <laughs> what's up, man? What's, where's the problem at? <laughs> like, you think you're being threatening. I don't care. And Nick, one of us in the plane uh, threatened the other one with a kiss. And I think it was I gave Nick a kiss face and he kissed me. And we we're both like. All right. Uh, yeah. Neither one of us were even gay just, chicken. We're good. Yep, just just cancel <laughs> each other out. Yeah, this this doesn't work. And we found out, man, at a time we had a lot of friends here who didn't care. And it's like, ah, but it's, it's, don't threaten me with a good time. We'll have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that's, I think, where all that gay kissing came from, gay chicken came from. Man, I feel like it started a long time ago for me. Um, It started for me well before I knew you as well. It, I, it was always guys who threatened me with a kiss. I'm like, okay. It's... Hmm. I don't know why. I think it's you threaten me and you think that's really a threat. Pull a knife on me. I'm going to turn and run and hide. That's a threat. <laughs> threaten to give me a kiss on my goal. You can't touch my face, but I'll kiss you. So as long as you don't lick your own butthole, we're pretty safe. Ah, weird. Mm. What dogs, man? Yeah, but you're do- you don't let your dogs kiss you? No, it's gross. They touch their buttholes with that. I just. I get it. Yeah. It's fine. I get it. No. They also eat poop. Have you ever watched your dog? You don't have dogs. I've dude, seen the cats eat each other's throw up. It's crazy. Dude, our cats don't. Our dogs do. Man, I, every now and then the dog will come back in with a turd in his mouth. Yeah. I'm like, what the? Like, I wish I was that easy to satisfy with food. Not to eat poop, but just to eat anything. So you, you guys have the farm. Do you have any pets that aren't yeah. part of the farm? Yeah. Anyone? Um, li- uh, one cat and two dogs. What kind of dogs? A brown dog and a black dog. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> Favorite breeds. Strays? Yeah. Uh, well, we got them from a couple of shelters. Okay. Yeah. And no clue what they are. Just mutts. No. Well, I mean, they always say like, oh, this is a lab mix or a pit mix or whatever, but they're... They're dogs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like we said, Scrappy's obviously a beagle. The other one. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dog. Um, but I'm going to go back to poop. Nick's not going to steer off this poop <laughs> conversation. And it's pretty easy. How often do you land in llama poop? And how is llama? I like, like, do you have poop in the landing area? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, donkey poo is just like horse poo. So it's like about this big. Maybe the size of golf balls. Horse hockey. I like hockey pucks. <laughs> not that big. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's just like. Like after you're done mowing and you get the uh, the grass clippings off the bottom of the mower, it's like that, just compact. And then llama poop is like little brown beans. Okay. Delicious. Yeah. Kind of like rabbit poop. Uh, bigger. Yeah, but I mean the same idea. It's like pelletish. Yeah. yeah. As far as okay, man, I, uh, I that's the one thing I've always wondered is is landing your landing area and landing with. But I, I pictured llama poo being a lot more poo oh. than pellet. Yeah, so. they they have a hundred acres to do their business on, so it's not. But Murphy's Law says they do it right where you want to land every time. <sighs> <laughs> they have. Yeah, well, the the llamas are weird about where they do their business. They're kind of like humans; they only do it in like specific spots. So there are areas where, like, all of the llamas just poop and <laughs> you don't see it anywhere else it's weird uh, i <laughs> does, was it on here that we talked about yeah it was with elsa uh somebody a dude pooping in the cat's litter box yep <laughs> yeah a, dude, <laughs> a human pooping in a cat's hey, litter box sometimes you got to claim your territory in a way that this animal will understand so I was going to ask, does David ever go poop in the llama area? <laughs> Watch David drop challenge. was like drop a little doogie right there. I haven't witnessed it. Hopefully not. Not that you know of. Yeah. Um, 1A2DZs, I, I really do think you guys are the backbone of the industry. Uh, for many years, there, there were a long time where you couldn't get a turbine in every state. Today, there are turbine in most states. So mm-hmm. I don't think the 1A2 joint is the most prevalent. But I, I still think it's there a lot. Yeah. Um, how long does it take you guys get to get to altitude in that plane? Mm, and how high is altitude? Depends on the weather. Um, sure. 15 middle to of the 20. Su- middle of the summer. 20. you got a healthy to plane. To 11. To 11? Mm-hmm. You have a healthy plane. Yeah. It's yeah. it's good. Uh, I I don't know anything about what what's underneath the plane. Hamsters. There's 12 of them. Really? Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. No, that that must is must be running pretty fast. And you're talking four jumpers to eleven and twenty minutes in the summer. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you, five. Light sometimes people. Five, yeah. yeah, yeah. You got five Hanks. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Hanks a three way. Um, no, that that is a healthy one eighty two. That is moving fast for one eighty two. Mm-hmm. So you guys are taking good care of your planes. Um, and you say two planes load flying when you can. How many loads yeah. in a day oh, in one plane? In one plane? Yeah. Uh, I think we actually broke our record uh, this year, uh, 19. Nice. We we opened at 9, though, so we're relaxed in every way possible. We we like to wake up later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, open at 9, and then we just jump to sunset. So, 19 is our record, I think. Uh, dude, any place that's throwing 20 loads up in a day is doing healthy. That, that yeah, is yeah. Um, I I feel bad for 
you know, our pilot, Andre, because he's just sitting in the plane all day, you know, <laughs> and we're just having a blast, you know, doing our jumps, and he's like, oh, man, it's so hot. <laughs> Stop bumping me with your rig. <laughs> it's something that people don't think about all the time as a pilot. Get in your car and drive from 9 a.m. Yeah. to sunset. Yeah. That's that's 8 p.m. right now, maybe, ballpark, 7 p.m.? Uh, 7.20. 7.20. Drive from 9 a.m. to 7. Drive for 10 straight hours in your car. I'm not even getting out for gas because somebody puts the gas in for you. Yeah. Um, y- yeah, and then make it the least comfortable possible car you've ever driven, and then have everybody molest the chair that you're <laughs> sitting in. Yeah. It, All right, so when you're turning around, just don't grab the pilot's seat. What? <laughs> Shake the shit out of it. Nick, do you have many 182 jumps? Oh, a couple dozen maybe. Okay. And so you know what we're talking about with the pilot's chair? Uh, I was never big enough to sit in the seat right there behind the pilot. They'd always shove me in uh, <laughs> not there. but uh, Like next to the pilot? Well, I guess it would just depend. Wherever the tiniest spot was, that's where I sat. But I was never... Uh, I don't even... I, I'd, don't have any memory of sitting right right behind the pilot. It's not even sitting right behind the pilot. When people are moving to the door, they'll have a tendency to grab the door frame and the pilot seat. Because honestly, it's a very natural place to want to grab both yeah, of them. Yeah. And so now imagine your loose back pilot seat getting grabbed by every jumper going through there after it has been leaned on by every jumper sitting behind. Yeah, I'd them. hate those skydivers too. Yeah. So yeah. I really consider your, your your pilots, man. Andre? We love you, Andre. Yo, any of you uh, Texas skydiving cats out there? What's Andre's favorite booze? His favorite bottle of beer? Hmm. Free? Cold? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Blue Moon, maybe. Blue Moon. Man, show up with a case of Blue Moon for Andre. Everybody choose a weekend for the next four mm-hmm. months. Get him through the winter, man. Andre, yeah. we love you, homie. Good, good job there. Um, What's the most tandems you guys have done in a day? I have no idea. But you're the manager. I know, but I... I mainly do AFF and like I'm, video. I'm giving you a time with that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think on like our our uh, like booking system, we limit it to like thirty something, uh, just so we know we have enough time to do all the tandems. Like That's we 15, could do more, yeah. but if if we have like so with a one eighty two, you can fit two tandem pairs in the plane. So uh, having someone else shoot the video would uh, limit it to one tandem per load. Uh, So we do a lot of hand cam out there. And when we do um, like outside video, uh, it doubles the amount of time for two jumpers. Sure, yeah. Uh, So on busy days, we try to limit it to hand cam, but, you know, People want the good stuff. They want outside videos. So, so I get they want to fly with me, right? Exactly. They want to see my face in free fall. They want to see that <laughs> smile. You, you, I smile in free fall more than anywhere else. And when people do evaluation jumps, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you smile. You come alive in free fall." I'm like, "Yeah," and you don't. Like yeah. that. That's my. That's it's a cool place to be. So it's mm-hmm. easy to come alive. I've seen your face in free fall, and even talking about it, you're like, ah, <laughs> you start like trying to lick your own elbow or something. Um, I don't think I can do that. You should try. It's really easy. Spin quick, and you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 
that's 15 loads, uh, or excuse me, 30 tandems. That's 15 loads at two per load. Mm -hmm. So you guys are putting a reasonably healthy limit on there. So chances are 35 tandems. The math is there. But back to hand cam versus outside video. My question was going to be, which one do you prefer as far as quality of product? But I think you've kind of answered that. Uh, I don't know. David shoots a mean hand cam. Uh, it looks really nice. Uh, it's hard to say. Like, I, I really couldn't pick. I mean, I know, I know that I shoot a lot of outside video and I try to make it the best that I can for, for the customer. Um, obviously being safe when I do it, but yeah, I don't know. Um, we combine the two, so we have what's called a celebrity package, so probably that one because you get both that so i i wanted to go to that next question is what about both because i love the dynamic range of outside video i love how you can show things from that outside perspective um kind of that you never go above a tandem if you're if you're picturing this when i say above a tandem you're out away and above so if anything Mm -hmm. happens they're still in clear airspace but you get that dynamic range of scene below them you actually go down and look above them once again never being directly below a tandem your your main opens and you're hurting a bunch of people um but it's so cool to get those shots but there's a shot you never get and that's on opening you could be a really mm-hmm. killer camera flyer and actually get the exit shot. Uh, Rob Pooley, did you ever? Uh, did you work with Rob Pooley? No, he left before I showed up. <clears throat> Rob Pooley uh, probably had the best tandem exit I've ever seen in my life. Um, Rob would stay closer than you and I are. Like he would do front float on on the otters, and he would leave, and he would be able to touch you the entire skydive and never leave that slot unless he wanted to get away. Nice. From the second you left the plane, he could touch you, and uh, he actually would. He asked me the first time, he's like, "Hey, ma'am, can I bump your right your, your right shoulder? Your right shoulder." <laughs> on the way out and it's my inside shoulder like can i just tap it as we come out it just helps me make sure i keep my separation i'm like i looked down like this and because he came well uh recommended and he seemed like a nice guy and he really talked well i'm like yeah man i mean i'm and he explained it after he saw the hesitancy i'm like okay and dude he leaves a plane and he just has you right there that you can't see me if you're watching this but i'm almost not quietly full arm just a slight bend of my elbow and he kept that exit frame that tight the whole way through i would like to be able to do that i don't know talk to rob pulley i can't he (laughs) He is a cruiser man so you can get that exit shot but you can't ever get that opening shot and that opening shot man it's the expressions you get from opening yeah yeah. <laughs> the under canopy stuff, you can't get it at all. I, I do like it. Nick, have you seen much hand cam? Yeah, well, back home where I started, there we had the uh, the ultimate package that uh, included both inside video and, uh, and hand cam. That was the only way that they marketed uh, hand cam video. They didn't sell it uh, on its own. Oh. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so then I edited plenty, plenty of those videos uh, as well. And I... Th- that's that's that what you're describing it's definitely the part that outside video is just missing is the that reaction when the parachute opens and they have that uh that oh my god moment and uh under under canopy letting them fly the parachute yeah we we miss all that with outside video but um but the quality of the footage that you get in free fall with outside video i still think is uh is worth it but i get for a small operation that you don't have the you don't have the seats for for outside videographers mm-hmm. and every load yeah just just makes economical sense i, yeah. I get it it's yeah. a smart business model straight up it, yeah. it's i don't prefer hand cam 
but I support it wholeheartedly. Yeah. It's and I think you guys, I, I'm positive David feels the same way. He's like, it's not my preferred method, but man, I can help more people make a skydive today by taking hand cam. Yep. I, and if you can do it safely, which I got zero questions about what he holds there for a standard and safety. Um, wonder if maybe he might be too hard on people. Not really. I'm, I'm being somewhat silly because I know he's got a good mind for it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, why not utilize it? Yeah. But I, I've, I've always been curious to which. I knew you guys did hand cam and I knew you did outside video. And mm-hmm. I never knew the relationship. Um, we really got to wrap it up. We've got to get out of here. I don't know if I told Nick or you last night I slept a couple hours. I, I had a really struggled night last night. Uh, Valerie's birthday dinner was last night. We went to eat someplace that I really love, and I ate stuff I shouldn't have eaten. And I you got those bubble guts, uh. didn't you, um, dude? <laughs> um, it wasn't even bubble guts. I had a horrible get. Like I, I could not sleep because of how bad I was feeling. So uh, I felt much. I feel much better now, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now. So I'm so sorry. No worries. I'm on the struggle bus. Uh, Cecily, before we get wrapped up, anything you wanted to a tell your friends at Texas Skydiving Center or your family listening? Love you guys. You should have heard what she said with the camera off. She hates every single one of you. <laughs> Mr. P? Uh, the film festival is coming up October 24th. I am trying my darndest to get the uh, promo video done in a reasonable amount of time for people to be inspired by it to, to make their own uh, edit. But if you're listening to this, uh, just start anyway. Don't wait for my video to be the cue. Uh, prizes are great. It's a really fun night. So... Uh, Free boost from LB Altimeters. Get drunk and have fun. That's yeah, it. Yeah, man. Uh, October 24th, Film Festival. White Boy, play that funky music. Um, other than that, uh, I actually didn't plan any shows after this week. So uh, we'll figure it out. But I'm positive. We'll see you next week. Oh, Adam. Uh-huh. We talked. You and Adam Buckner? Buck- Adam Chamberlain. About? Oh, Come about on being out. on the show. Dude, bring Panch on. Yeah, yeah. Next week, maybe. Uh, he's, he's down. He's in. Guys and gals, blue skies. Get out of my house.